0: This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB Lockdown Browns, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen, day in, day out. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs are open, as everybody knows, victory Friday on lockdown rounds as if you want to give a label to it, uh, D De- Ernest Johnson goes to Thursday NFL ball quote unquote, the old, uh, Ernest movies back in the day sports illustrates Pete Smith in the house for this ride. Um, people start, you know, as we usually do on the offensive side of the ball here, I think first things first, it was for me, Pete, the first thing was, with your backup quarterback going, without Nick Chubb, without Kareem Hunt, winning the toss and saying, we'll take the ball. Like, for me, it was like, what are we doing here right now? Uh, but there had to be some things that, you know, Coach Stefanski and, you know, the offensive coaches and, and maybe even Case Keenum, they felt comfortable with because that first drive kind of set the tone. And it didn't. The game didn't really change much at all after that first drive.
1: Well, I don't think this is the first Jim Varney reference that's been on this podcast, which is really—it is not. But go ahead. Um, look, I mean, Dearness, <laughs> Dearness Johnson, Ernest Johnson was a guy that looked really promising in preseason, and the question, I think, coming into the season is why, or you know, it looked like he had done enough to sort of warrant some touches just over the course of the game. And that really hasn't happened. And, and maybe we saw a little bit of the reason why maybe he, he is, I think behind the other two, but at the same time, he, he does some things really well. He doesn't mess around. He's a one cut and fight type guy. There were some plays that I think he missed um, by not having great vision, but he makes up for it because he just doesn't mess around. He goes downhill and then he fought, Like, every run was going to be his last one. Uh, So, I mean, all the credit in the world to him. Uh, He gets his first 100-yard game of his career. He gets his first touchdown of his career. And, I mean, the night was just – was his.
0: Like, you set up, like, these type of things. And, look, you know, it's not that, you know, Dearness Johnson and maybe he will get this opportunity with another franchise somewhere down the line. And, you know, as Pete said, it's really difficult to say, oh, you you know, get him some touches here. But a running back thing, it's all about, you know, the amount of touches to get your motor going. And when you normally have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, it's really, really difficult to do that. Pete, and I am not going to poo-poo by any means. So, anybody, just stop. Case Keenum did everything he needed to do today for this team to win. Certainly did not help Case Keenum, Pete, that it was, you know, a hurricane, you know, tornado-type possible weather, you know, or surrounding it. Really, really high wins, which certainly doesn't aid him, but he did enough to get this team to a victory tonight, which they desperately needed. But this is the thing people don't understand. And like when they try to throw Case Keenum 2017 in, you know, old will this, da, 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 da. Most of those games were in a dome. And look, not again in any way and what Case Keenum did tonight. He did a fantastic job. But there are limitations there. And I think Coach Stefanski and the staff did a fantastic job understanding that there are limitations where it was a lot of misdirection. It was a lot of you know throwing east and west and having guys make plays in that aspect of it. But great job. And this is what you expect your backup quarterback to do when you throw him into this instance. But there's a reason there's a one. There's a reason there's a two. But look, at the end of the day, Case Keenum led his team to victory tonight, and it could be something we see for the foreseeable future as far as him being the quarterback of this team. But you got to understand that this comes with a reason, and there's a tax when you go to your
1: number two quarterback. Well, I mean, I think the game looked like two neighborhood dads playing quarterback for their respective sides. Um, neither one gets. Well, throw. you're forty on Sunday, so is that like a shot at me and you? But go ahead. Well, I mean, Let's see where you're going with this. You've got still got twenty years experience that I don't have. Um, the the. <laughs> Case Keenum the, the first drive was sort of the ideal Case Keenum drive. I think the ball traveled about three yards in the air. They got a screen to Austin Hooper, which was the longest play of the game. He was the leading receiver on the team with his first reception of 34 yards. And then he extended it to 42 yards. That was um the leader. Monster. He, monster he, even. Yeah, just a massive game. And then and then they run the screen to Dearness Johnson. So the ball traveled like nowhere down the field. And then and then Dearness Johnson sort of just carried the ball the rest of the way, which is kind of ideal. And the second um, you asked Case Keenum to throw outside the numbers, it was a problem. Now, he had made a couple of really nice touch throws, but everything that they did well was between the hashes. And some of that's probably due to the weather. Some of that's probably due to not having a great rhythm yet, but he can't throw. Like The people who were convinced that Case Keenum was going to be like, you know, maybe even look better than bigger they don't even play the same sport. Um it's great that they got a win because he he had a couple throws that were pretty dangerous. Um he held on to the ball a couple times than he had any business doing. Uh and it didn't They're hurt them. So holding on to it, yes. Yeah. So I mean you're you're gonna take it. I mean you're gonna take any game you can win with Case Keenum there. And then you don't care how it's gonna happen. I mean that's sort of the thing. And Yes, you're sort of like, well, he's played the system, all this other stuff. But that's not the, – the, they did not I, – I know everybody's like, well, he's paid $6 million, This is why. That really wasn't the reason he's here. He's here because he's really valuable in knowing the offense and being sort of a, a soundboard for Baker Mayfield. The playing stuff is just sort of an extra element that he can kind of do. I'm not sure that Nick Mullins he's is He's Chase Daniel, but he's not Chase Daniel. So, I mean, if – you know, if he has to play again, maybe he can do better, but, uh, overall, you know, the bronze weapons sort of did enough, whether it was Jarvis Landry coming back and getting a couple underneath passes, uh, or, you know, Johnny Stanton carrying on, on third and ones and getting a touchdown, uh, on a, on a pass reception, which was his first of his career. Um, I think they, they had a decent game plan to sort of just get the ball out of Case Keenum's hands and let the other guys do the, do the, do the work. And you saw more from Anthony Schwartz in this game. I assume that's probably because Donovan Peoples Jones tweaked his groin uh, in pregame, which, you know, sort of fits this season perfectly. Right. Uh, But, you know, I think, I think this was a game where DPJ could have had a really nice game and hopefully he's not going to be out very long and Jarvis Landry, I, th- I I thought it was a knee, maybe it was an ankle. They they think he's okay, and then we're still waiting to see what what's going on with Denzel Ward's hamstring. So I mean, even more injuries than we thought going into this game. But uh, you know, the offensive line did pretty well. Um, the pass blocking wasn't always pretty, but they did a nice job on the ground. And you know, the Broncos stunk. Um, for you know, there's no other word to say. It. Their defensive line wasn't very good, and their linebackers were awful. Uh, and the Browns took advantage and and did enough, and that's all that any all this was about. The message to the team was, you know, fight, scratch and claw, victory, and then rest afterwards. They were able to do enough to get to that.
0: Well, I mean, if you wanted to label it, it was you know basically by any means necessary. And now you have the ten days; you can quiet the doubters. Well, whatever. Those are always going to doubt and always doubt on this Browns team in the way it's currently uh, constructed. They're going to do that, but you know, you're four and three, you can just breathe woosah here and let's see where we're at in 10 days. Nobody knows what that means for, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, Jarvis tonight, who knows? Um, They got a gift Pete with uh, Jedrick Wills getting to go tonight and actually playing his first complete game this season, which I think was a huge aid in being able to run the ball. Um, D. Ernest Johnson, there's just not enough accolades. I mean, a number one, we all know the story. We all appreciate the story. Um, but it's also the fact of, you know, getting to say basically tonight, you are the man of this running game for the Cleveland Browns, and there's nothing to come through. We've seen plenty of efforts like this. Any team, any running back, you know, third running back starting, da-da-da-da-da. 20 for you know, 76 in a score. That's a great effort. This guy's not supposed to be doing this. Dearness Johnson was, uh, you know, I think tonight a great combination of what makes Nick Chubb so good, what makes Kareem Hunt so good. You know, his cutting ability was there. And a, a lot of times it was, all right, I'm going to go Nick Chubb here and I realize that I've got to you know, plow into these guys and get every extra yard I possibly can. So fantastic for him. It was just, you know, all around just impressive to watch. As much as the you know the accolades and the story and the fishermen and the AAF, enough of that didn't really need to be mentioned. Just as far as this guy's out here doing it against NFL teams, uh, so I mean, just great. To, I, I see you got something. Go ahead, jump in.
1: <laughs> well, I was just to say, look, he he was sort of the the perfect player for this type of game. They needed a guy who was going to give them everything he had, and he played like that every play. So, I mean, I think in some ways he he you know, made guys fight a little bit harder because it's hard to not – it's difficult not to want to go hard when you see a guy who's given that much effort, uh, not only just fighting through contact but making guys miss and just, uh, you know, it, it, everything that sort of Kevin Stefanski was talking about this week, I think Dearness Johnson was sort of the embodiment of that. and I think he was the perfect catalyst and energy guy to sort of help the Browns do, do enough to get this type of win.
0: And look, this team is going to take it. They desperately need it. Um, and again, now you can uh worry about you know Halloween today is you know, we're finishing on October 21st. You got all about this time to rest, figure it out, and it's gonna be a head count as far as what's available for Pittsburgh and what is not. Um, and we're gonna to get to the defensive side of the ball here. Um, I think it was a lot of good, but if you know, as Pete you know kind of like teased already. Uh, a couple of questions as where, you know, the rest of this defense is going to be. But look, 17-14, Thursday Night Football, pulled it out in a huge, huge game. You absolutely had to have Browns 4-3, and three, victory Friday here on Locked On Browns. Which brings us to our good friends. We are back in Better Than Ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props Odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one sport for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to your new updated desktop or mobile site to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet line is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Pete the defensive side of the ball the first thing I think early in the game, John Johnson and this was the thing with signing a player like this is use the versatility. You'll understand he's good in multifacets. He's not the greatest athlete in the world so don't feature him like a true center fielder. They found a way to do that tonight. And, you know, whether Malik Jackson's tone, words, Miles Garrett calling a team meeting the other day and realizing, look, you know, we're – and this was – me maybe, maybe they knew what was going on with Baker. Maybe they didn't. But maybe it was putting the onus on, you know, we need to play better. We are individually a much better defense than we are showing. And it needs to come down to Pete. It's not the just the – pushing around the Bears, pushing around the Vikings, pushing around the Broncos. There needs to be a happy median between, you know, pushing around the nerds and not getting browbeaten by some other offenses. There needs to be some middle ground for this defense. If it's going to go, you know, where this team wants it to go, Baker Mayfield regardless or not, but you can't have, you the days
1: where, you know, you're the champs, and then other days where you're the chumps. Well, look, I think the Browns' defense did a really nice job early in the game, just absolutely shutting down the Broncos. Um, the Broncos looked completely inept. Uh, I think the Browns did well in a few things. They had John Johnson basically. Well, let's be honest.
0: I, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater looked too enthralled even being there. I'm surprised he even played the second half. Even though he played pretty better in the second half, it didn't really look like Teddy Bridgewater was there in spirit.
1: They put John Johnson on Noah Fant a lot in the first half of the game. They sort of went away from him in the second half. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, that that first half was, was pretty good. It just seemed like they had total control, and then they sort of uh, started leaking a little bit late. I, I do get the impression that even though the Browns don't have as many injuries on that side in terms of guys missing games, I do feel like a lot of those players are just simply worn out uh, and and need a break uh, but that doesn't excuse what was some awful tackling um, particularly in the second half uh, Ronnie Harrison mm-hmm. might want to use his arms Denzel Ward with an awful tackle attempt there were some other guys that missed things I, I really like Anthony Walker as a person I wish he was better uh, because he has a hard time getting working laterally um and, and that's trouble. That's trouble in the flat. Malcolm Smith struggled to get off blocks. Sioni Taki, Taki didn't do a great job getting off blocks. Um Mac Wilson, I guess, was there. Um, so I mean oh, you know, stop. Pete, I hate to do this, but Mac Wilson
0: actually had a couple of plays tonight.
1: Well, he, did, he is, did a really, really nice he, job on kickoff. If on he couple the, of them. <laughs> <laughs> he did a great job on the kickoff. There were a couple, I mean, he did a couple uh plays where he filled nicely. Um you know, I I, I think Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom are playing better than Denzel Ward. And, you know, Denzel Pete, Ward's. I very- don't even think, uh, Pete, and this was the thing Cortland
0: Sutton, and look, please do not think that I'm speaking negative, Greg Newsom, right now. Because if you're a rookie, you're going to get spun sometimes. But, Pete, even though he got spun, when Cortland Sutton caught those balls, that's was all he got. I mean, and the one early, the 31 yarder early in the game. If he had turned, he would have broke it up. If he had turned his head and even realized it, he was that close to the ball, but he was just blind to it. But, Pete, he got spun a couple of times by Cortland Sutton, but was still there to at least make it a contested catch and make sure that catch did not go any further than you know that point. It was impressive. Yep.
1: He also had a nice pass breakup in the second half, and then Greedy Williams had to come in, and he immediately made a nice play uh, carrying a, a receiver mm-hmm. out out of bounds in the end zone. Um, but look, third down continues to be an issue that needs to be addressed. How much of that is player execution and how much of that is scheme, uh, is sort of up for debate. I, I, I come down more on, on player execution issues. However, it's difficult to ignore the fact that this continues to be an issue. They're really, really good on first and second down. And for some reason they have issues on third down. I wish I understood why it's apparently legal to just hold. Miles Garrett, if you're Garrett Bolas, who was basically just like, "Screw it, I'm doing this every play until they call it," yep. um, and yet Miles Garrett got half a sack, and then he was awarded a sack when Teddy Bridgewater went out of bounds. So that was very strange on that front. Um, but again, I feel like they're starting to wear down. I feel like Malik McDowell in particular is a guy who could use a break, and Malik Jackson could use a break. Uh, I'm hoping sure. they come back fresher. Uh, but Garrett. Is dealing with some injuries. Devin Clowney is dealing with some injury, injuries, and they're doing a nice job. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think this was an important game for John Johnson. He looked much much better. Uh, had a couple of nice plays. Coffinant. Obviously, the interception, which was you know a, a nice Halloween uh, treat. Uh, but that's <laughs> if that's what it takes to get him going. Great. Uh, I mean, that's fine. You know, the Browns were due for ha- to have one of these on on the schedule um you know as bad as the broncos were you still had to come around quickly uh on a thursday and and come up with a way to be competitive the browns ultimately win you know if they can get right in this next week and a half and start running off some wins starting with the steelers then this looks like it did before the season which was a really difficult stretch of football for them and they lost two games that I think a lot of people expected them to lose. And then Arizona was undefeated and, and the Browns laid an egg. So if they can get going and start getting healthier and start stringing some wins together and get some good news uh, on the injury front, obviously that starts with Baker Mayfield, then they can start to get rolling. And and some of this can probably be um, something that will be remembered as a rough stretch of the season, but ultimately not fate. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that's the best case scenario for them is they can start getting get rolling, get healthy and have some luck on their side. Um, if not, then, you know, they may be back in the same situation a couple of weeks, but um, at least for now, it's, it's a relief for them to get a win. I still don't think losing would have been the end of the world, uh, other than the fact that the Broncos were an awful team and they looked at. So if they did manage to win, it would have been very disheartening from that standpoint. But the idea of being three and four to me was not the end of the world. But certainly it's better to be four and three. Um,
0: I'll be honest, And, you know, we had talked about this and look, you know, me, no, there's no way. I thought losing that would have been a good thing. And even more so when you got the uh, Jay Glazer information, you know, what, maybe 20, 25 minutes before kickoff. Um, but, Pete, this is what I want to go to. And this was just football weird. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. literally waving to the official twice on the same play. I'm off the line. I'm off the line. Um, if you're an official, you tell him, "Well, I need you to take a step back." He had plenty of time to do so. It came back later. Um, that was the third quarter. It came back in the fourth quarter, and it was Rashard Higgins and the same type of thing. I mean, like, th- like that's just like weirdness. Like, Pete, uh, you know me. I was a receiver, and you always did this. You told the receiver if you were the outside guy, whether you were on or you're off. And th- this shouldn't lead to penalties and I'm not sure and I'm not trying to point fingers anyway, but I mean there needs to be better communication from the official when the receiver is obviously telling you what his intentions are. If you need to moved, then you tell him you need to take a half step up or you need to take a half step back.
1: Well, if for no, no other reason, it just makes for ugly looking games. I mean, it's not fun to watch illegal formation penalties like, by any stretch. So uh, that's another thing I, I I'm curious to see if that comes up because obviously they don't look good when they have three illegal formation penalties, two on offense, one on special teams. Uh and and then they get a uh motion penalty that sets up the third and seven where ultimately Jernis Johnson delivered the win. But even so, you know, that one that one is entirely on Njoku, but Nevertheless, those type of penalties need need to be cleaned up. And if it's it's a communication thing, I don't know. But it it just looks bad. And to your point, yes, that is something that should happen all the time. And every outside receiver knows to do that. Um, So what was the breakdown there? I don't know. But especially with Case Keenum at quarterback, they cannot afford to get behind uh, in terms of the sticks. They're not a team that's going to convert third and long uh, with this group. So that's particularly concerning if Case Keenum has to keep playing, um, that that gets cleaned up because it just looks makes the Browns look like an undisciplined bad football team, which just seemed to be a thing of the past last year, and now we're suddenly back to it, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense because it, it's veterans. It's not it's not young guys that aren't lining up properly. It's literally veterans.
0: Yeah, it'd be one thing if we were talking about this with you know Anthony Schwartz. But, you know, Odell, Rashard Higgins, this is something that you just don't expect. And, um, you know, as you pretty much put it, yeah, I mean, if, if it's going to be Case Keenum, I mean, behind the sticks, any, you know, mental lapses on offense that are calling me, costing me yards, just absolutely, you know, insanity. And you can't afford to do it. Well, folks, it is Bill Par time. And with Bill Parr, you celebrate the freedom of choice. Did you know that Bill Parr has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Barr fan, they are certainly passionate about their favorites. If you don't know who the Bill Barr flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, German Chocolate. My favorite flavor is still by far the Mint Brownie. Girl Scout cookie taste to it. Very, very good. And the fact that it's healthy, well, for me, doesn't tip the scales, but for maybe most of you, it will. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you should get a mixed box where you'll get two each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are the built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. That's true. Check it out. Go to Built Bar. I'm sorry, go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On and you get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Pete, it is difficult to do this, obviously, just yet. And right now, the information we have is limited at best. Um, but Baker Mayfield, it doesn't sound good. Pete, it doesn't sound sustainable as to what the rest of this year could be. And look, fingers crossed, you know, maybe the bone heals. I mean, but look, the team's four and three, which we understand, but you know, you're certainly worried about, you know, navigating the second half of this, you know, schedule you still have to play every AFC North game. There's some other really big games on the schedule. But this is, you know, a it's sad news to hear because you know what Baker feels for this franchise. He feels how he is, you know, the face of the offense, the quarterback of this team that he holds in such a high regards. But this really seems to be a, a difficult situation that I don't think any of us have any idea how it plays out. And maybe if it's a month off, maybe there's some sustainability to his play, but he's in a really, really tough spot right now, Pete.
1: Well, look, the Browns haven't put him on IR, so I don't know if that's an indication that they think he's going to be ready within three weeks. It would seem like it is, uh, or at least they're not sure enough that they've made a decision. Um, So it sucks. I mean, you know, I, I... I think the things that make Baker Mayfield great are also the things that make him sort of get into these situations. I mean, the, he's a competitor. He, he desperately wants to win. He desperately wants to deliver a championship to Cleveland. He desperately wants to be a hero, uh, which is why he goes and makes the tackle that leads to the torn labrum in the first place. And then those same things. And you are me- never
0: allowed to go to a Browns game again. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, and then he contribute, and then he, he <laughs> contributes to his own problem by trying to make plays despite having two backup tackles and and a torn labrum that leads to now the broken humerus. And apparently, he, you know, he played th- he played with it, uh, which is terrifying on one end, but no. perha- perhaps So it's just um, nuts to even think. Yeah, I mean, perhaps that's an indication that maybe this won't be as long lasting as you know a fracture normally would sound. You know, who, who knows? And, you know, depending on his progress, they may be okay with playing Keenum as long as he can sort of squeak out these wins uh, and use that as sort of a guide to, to how they treat this. But it also obviously feels a little bit like the Browns are, you know, betting against inevitability with this because he's going to need surgery. Um, There's no getting around that. And it's a question of how long can they sort of bet against everything logically that would suggest he's going to have to get it done. How long can they sort of protect him? How long can he protect himself from further damage? Uh, you know, those are, those are difficult questions to ask. You know, you, you wonder if there, are at some point, is there pressure from obviously his wife, his family and things like that, or they're, you know, they're sort of looking through, you know, fingers at this point when he's doing, when he's out there, because they're just terrified that of him doing something significant that's going to you know impact quality of life and those things. So it's not an easy decision. Um, clearly, Baker is focused on coming back by any means necessary. I mean, I think you know there was reporting, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that if Baker had his choice, he would have played um, in this game, which um, is insane, but also sort of who he is. Uh, and, and clearly he's their best option. It's not even close. So um, hopefully things work out in a way that he can sort of strengthen the muscles around his labrum so it stops popping out the humorous heels and he gets the ball out of his hands quickly and, and he stops getting beat on so he can avoid doing any further damage.
0: Well, part of that would be from, you know, one of the step ups, uh one of the steps up this team took today with Jedrick Wills played his first complete game of the 2021 NFL season. Um, Jack Conklin, if it was this close that it was questionable tonight, it makes you think that Halloween versus Pittsburgh is certainly a possibility. You know, whether Baker is ready for that, who knows? Um, and this is where you ran into what you ran into last week against Arizona. It was a little similar to 2019 Baker, where maybe he was feeling pressure that wasn't there, or there was so much pressure that he just always assumed there was pressure. Um, but you know, for this, certainly the health state that he is in, you know, he's going to be erratic. So you better make sure that if he is going to take any snaps, and he's possible to take any snaps, it's going to be about you know, behind the top version of what is this Browns offensive line. Some things did not get lost today, dear Ernest Johnson. A monster effort. Um, you know, uh, you know, everybody Browns fans excited, geeked, stoked. Just a great moment for a guy who probably deserved to have the opportunity to have a great moment like this. Um, Nick Chubb most likely is gonna be back for Pittsburgh. So, you know, we'll see where the earnest's role is from there. But uh, you know, a guy who puts in the work, puts in, you know, the effort, everything just to get an opportunity like this. There's no way around it. You gotta love it. Just, you know, good stuff. You know, John Johnson the third, a better day. Um, fingers crossed for Jarvis, fingers crossed for Odell, fingers crossed for Donovan Peoples Jones. My God you know again the um dumb and dumber you know our our pets heads are popping off type of moment defensively you needed this effort you needed to play with unison on defense and even without jeremiah Osu-Koromoa on the defense tonight this defense looked faster than it has the last couple of weeks so hopefully maybe a step in the right direction there and hopefully maybe a bunch of other people a bunch of people getting on the same page 4 and 3 10 days off October 31st, Halloween Sunday. Pittsburgh Steelers come to first energy. What will be the state of the Cleveland Browns that day? I got no idea. Pete Smith has no idea. But none of that matters now. Enjoy the moment and worry about Halloween next week, late next week, Sunday morning next week on Halloween. But uh, enjoy the moment. This team needed this. Uh, They're way too talented to you know technically be 3-3 three three going in this game. Things happen in the NFL. You've got a game you needed absolutely had to have. And, uh, you know, some fun, some great moments about it. And great seeing the defense respond. And great seeing a player like Dearness Johnson step up. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest, Sports Illustrated.com. Uh, the, guys, uh, the guys over there will have a ton of content coming out. Uh, make sure you're checking out. For Pete's sake, a little bit of a little bit change up this week. As, uh, as everybody knows, uh, Bree joined as Nicole wasn't able to join, so make sure you're checking that out. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore the podcast at Lockdown Browns. Followed by account. DMs are open, as everybody knows, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Whatever podcast platform you use, we appreciate you for making Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. With that, this has been Victory Friday, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Brown.